What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Active Texan Podcast. I'm Dr. Brian Watts, your host. Today we have a special guest with us, Cody Teal. Cody, welcome to the show. How's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. So thanks for coming on the show. I'm super excited to talk to you because I don't talk to professional bull riders every day. Um, and I think that's something our listeners will be excited to hear about, hear about what it's like um, growing up around that kind of life. So first, I mean, like I just said, Cody's a professional bull rider. Uh, he's married, has a daughter. Um, he's helping out with some stuff that his wife's doing. So he's a very busy man, but also super fun to be around, fun to talk to. So looking forward to this. Um, Cody, why don't you just introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah, like I said, you know, I'm a professional boy rider. I've, uh, you know, coming in my 10th year doing this for a living or for a job, I guess you'd say. It's kind of transitioned into that over the years. You know, I grew up doing it and since I was you know, getting on sheep to calves to steers and started getting on junior bulls at 12 and 13. So it's been a part of my, you know, been a part of what I do my whole life. So how did that become a part of what you do? Like, were um, you around it with your parents? Yeah, my, my dad rode bulls throughout the 80s, you know, in, in the PRCA, he rode bulls and he had quit before I was even born. So but just growing up, seeing the pictures of him, hearing the stories, you know, I grew interested in doing it. And uh, when they saw that I was serious and wanted to pursue it, they both him and my mom both backed me all the way so and growing up you know i didn't grow up we didn't grow up in a big place we had like 15 acres but we always had a little arena set up in the backyard just big enough to buck bulls in so we always had something to get on you know from a young age whether it be over open steers and junior bulls there's always kids coming over getting on so it was part of my everyday life you know i'd come home from school my dad would still be at work and i'd feed the bulls every day that's what i did so it's like i said it's just something i've enjoy doing at a young age and it's all I've ever wanted to do. It's all I wanted to grow up to do is ride bulls for a living. And uh, I tell people there was times whenever, you know, I might looking back, I, it was might've seemed kind of naive because I, that's, I never had any other plan. You know, I, when I was doing the high school, I was going to go ride bulls and it seems crazy. Looking back now is, you know, how the real world works, responsibilities of mortgage and insurance and all that. Like, I mean, it was kind of crazy, you know, but, but it worked out, you know, and, in a way, I think that's the way a lot of professional athletes, you know, now you just got to be all in, 100% committed and and just driven. You know, it seems, looking back, like I said, it seems kind of crazy, but it just thankful it worked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, recently I've listened to a lot of interviews of professional athletes, and the stories aren't the same, but it, at the same time, there's a, there's a time where things kind of click mm-hmm. with them and they decide or they realize, yeah, I'm pretty good at this. And... I need to focus on it. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like that happened with you at a pretty young age. Yeah. Um, about what time was that whenever you realized, okay, this is what I want to do. And I don't think it may be necessarily naive. It's just, that's the kind of person it takes to become yeah. a professional at what you do is that kind of passion and drive to like, this is, this is it. I mean, yeah, maybe you don't have a backup plan, but at the same time, if you have that kind of drive to do something, there's going to be something that you can figure out if it doesn't go the way you want to, or if, you know, something bad happens and you can't do it anymore. Um, so when was it whenever that kind of clicked for you? Exactly. You know, I, I guess coming into high school after probably after my freshman year of high school, um, you know, I just, I played baseball my whole life up until like up until high school and it was even involved in football. And then at that time, you know, I began to like, like I was decent, you know, at both sports, but you know, whenever, Bull riding was taking all my attention. I kind of, you know, was slacking in those other sports and it kind of sucked. Basically, it wasn't good. I was like, well, I don't want to do something if I'm not all in. So I gave up the other sports and just focused on bull riding. And 
you know, as at that time, you know, I knew there was, there was ways you could, you know, to, to make a living doing it. And that's, that's what I wanted to do. And, uh, from that point forward, it's all, that's where my main focus was, you know, to be a professional board riders. So how old were you when you got on your first sheet? Oh, the funny thing about it, yeah, I was probably five or six when I got on my first sheep and I didn't like it. I cried, oh, really? I was scared, you know, didn't oh, want anything to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, so who, I was, who I made was you get kid. on the sheep? Uh, well, I wanted to do it. It was my idea. I want to get there. So what is this called for our listeners? What is that called? They, they call it mutton busting, yeah, sheep riding. You know, you see it at like a big rodeo. It's like Rodeo Houston and it's kind of an exhibition deal, but this was a full blown youth rodeo and I was entered up. So chickened out you know but then then i came around to it and started getting on calves you know and then steers and so on and it's just been non-stop from there so so after was it pretty quick after that first time where you're scared and didn't want to do it again that you realized eh, i kind of want to try it again yeah yeah it's all kind of a blur back then you know it just i got you know it's weird how it all slows down as you get older and, and even from you know eight years ago i think mentally i'm i'm way further ahead than i was then you know and, and i think that's how you know every year i've felt like i've improved or gotten better which that's the goal in my mind you know you want to try to get better you can always get better i think you know no matter what so i've been striving to do that every year and and it's just you know i'm still learning working on things today so mm -hmm. so even as a professional you're you're still trying to get better yeah i think so <laughs> no doubt you have I think, to i think every professional athlete you talk to that's that's the thing. Yeah. Like even someone that maybe is accomplished, like, I mean, I guess you haven't won like world champion yet, but I mean, that's the goal probably. Yeah. But even the world champions out there, do they just hang it up after that or do they want to get better? Yeah, you have to, you know, I was actually, I was the 2012 PRC world champion, you know, at, right. at a young age when I rodeoed in straight PRCA, which is, you know, it's all eight rodeo events. And then you, they take the top 15, money earners from that year they go to the nfr in vegas so and uh, i did that full time for six years went to the nfr five times and then as of 2017 i started pursuing straight pbr which is professional bull riders and it's all all bull riding so this will be coming in my fifth year in that and that's what i'm working on now trying to win a world title in the pbr so two different associations but yeah even you know winning that in 2012 it's you know, I had to come right back. I was a young age, you know, and it's like kind of set the bar high, you know, and then trying to get back to that, you know, win another one. It's mm -hmm. so it's almost coming almost 10 years ago, you know, yeah. and still working at trying to get another. So, yeah, it's a, it's not something you could be complacent in. You have to be working at it every day because the bulls, they don't read the buckles. They don't know what you've done and they don't care. So you, you have to show <laughs> up ready point. every time. Well, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't realize you're a world champion. RCA. It's been a long time. <laughs> yeah, but I, I should have done some homework there. Um, so explain the difference in that. You kind of alluded to there's a difference in mm -hmm. those two associations. What is PRCA? What is PBR? So, you know, the PBR started in 19, I think, 92. And it was all, it was by a bunch of PRCA board riders. I got together in this one, you know, just a standalone board riding event. And uh, it started from there and it's really grown and it grown, you know, really big deal. It's been a great opportunity for board riders being a standalone event. It's opened up a lot more opportunities money-wise. The caliber of bulls you get on a daily, um, week in, week out are just better, more um, consistently being challenged. The competition's a lot tougher, in my opinion. It's, you know, and just being standalone board riding, we jump around. Our events are mainly on the weekends, you know, from 
Whereas rodeos, you could almost go to a different rodeo every day of the week. And so traveling's different. The competition at times can be different, you know, it's, but at the end of the day, it's still board riding, but there's a lot of different components that factor into what makes them both very different. Yeah. Anyway, so. so it's like, it's, they just taking bull riding out of. Yeah. I'm just, it's a standalone, standalone kind of extreme sport kind of deal. And so is there, that probably also is a factor financially for you. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a little bit better travel wise, schedule wise. And is there more money in PBR than PRCA? Yeah, there is. There's a lot more opportunity to make money in the PBR. You know, not only prize money, but sponsorship deal because of the TV deal the PBR has. You know, it's yeah, but it's all performance-based. You, you have to win to reap the benefits of all that stuff. So, you know, it's you got to show up every year and, and do your job. But, yeah, the opportunity is there for sure to make a lot more money. And, you know, having a family now, being married and a little girl, my travels a lot a lot less than it was rodeo and like I'd leave beginning of June and wouldn't come home early into August at times, you know, you could just stay gone like that and just stay going, going to like a rodeo, like I said, just about every day, you know, during the summertime up north. So it's been a lot, it's a lot easier, you know, having a family and they're able to go too just on the weekends, you know, they kind of pick and choose. So it's been just a, a lot better, you know, and when I decided to go straight to the PBR, you know, like I said, the level of competition is a lot, it's tough, just mainly, caliber of bulls you're getting on you know there's you see a lot of the same bulls going to rodeos but you know you don't really get that break in the pbr you're constantly getting on one that's challenging you and you know, every day you take a lot more slammings i guess you'd say and you got to be able to learn how to handle it mentally more so i think and when i decided to come to pbr i was more you know equipped i guess mentally to handle that that wear and tear and the challenges than i would have if, when i was like 18 i think and some guys have jumped right out of high school and going to PBR and oh, are successful, very successful. But for me, it just kind of worked out. I had my plan. I wanted to rodeo on the PRCA and then go to the PBR. When I did, I knew I was I was ready to go at it. And it's it's worked out. And, and I wouldn't have done it any different looking back. So it's it's where we are today. And like I said, just working on trying to win a PBR world title now. Mm-hmm. So do you um, – I've got so many things I want to ask you. But uh, do you have – you said we. So – just like I think any professional athlete, it's not just that one person, it's especially if it's a single, you know, not a team event. Yeah. Um, what all goes into like helping you win that world title and do your best? Is it, is it all you or is there people helping you out? Um, you know, for me, like it all starts at home, really, you know, having the support from my wife to even do this because it's already challenging enough mentally climbing on the back of a bull and you have to be 100% focused and all in. But having her support and knowing that they support me to go and do to do this, you know, that's that's the biggest thing. And she pushes me too. like I don't get a break. Like if I mess up, she's going to be the first to tell me she's she's learned a lot about the sports. Pretty funny. Like she'll she'll know what I did wrong. I mean, I know what I did wrong when I do it, but then she'll be the first to tell me about it and and kind of give me some grief. But I don't she doesn't cut me in slack. That's what I need. I don't you know. Mm -hmm. So having that, you know, that's where it starts. Having her back in me is a big plus. And then just. uh like training here, I started training with you this fall, and you know, you know, I've I've learned over the years, you know, being prepared physically and and uh, being able to take the wear and tear with boy ride, and that's becoming, you know, I've been more aggressive with it the last few years, and constantly trying to do more with that. And I know since I started working with you, that's that's this kind of my off season time right here for this next month. So something else I'm incorporating this year is being more aggressive with the. Uh, just being prepared physically as well. Mm-hmm. What about the mental side? You've mentioned to me before that yeah. you've even said 
it, which I like find all, very hard to like fathom and grasp because me like just even sitting on a bull on a shoot like that's something I would never do physically. <laughs> so for you to say mentally, like at this point in your career, you may not have said that eight years ago, mm -hmm. but at this point in your career, you realize you, you, you've done it. It's the thing is you've done yeah. it. Like you, you, you can ride a bull for eight seconds. You can pretty much any bull, you could probably do it. Mm -hmm. But why is it 90, you said 90% mental. I'd say yes, for sure. And, and, and not so much as the fact like you have to talk yourself into doing it or the, the fear of it. Like your adrenaline gets running and your, your nerves kick in, but it's, there's, where I've learned it, you know, when you do it so much every day, you're traveling on, you know, on the airplane, going through the airports, it's just kind of, it's easy to get kind of stale almost. And that doesn't work when you're climbing on, but you have to bring that intensity and, uh, you know, aggressiveness every time. And, and it's almost like I get too comfortable to relax, you know, at events, you get caught going through the motions and you kind of get almost in that slump, you know, and, um, uh, that's part of the mental side of it. And also, you know, when you, when you do get in those low points, you get to try and force it too much. And then you interfere with your natural ability of, you know, you're locking up or tense instead of just letting your body do what it's trained, what you've trained to do your whole life, you know, interfering with your natural reactions. And so you got to find that balance and it's different for every guy. Every guy goes through what you call the slums. And some people like to say, there's no such thing as a slump. And you know, mm -hmm. I agree to a certain extent, you kind of create that. It, yourself you know but no such thing as a slump really. that's you hear that yeah, I heard that. <laughs> yeah but i've actually even heard so i, I relate a lot of what you do to golf i've mm -hmm. mentioned that to you and i've heard professional golfers say that they'll it's not a slump but they'll even within a round eight of 18 holes for maybe a stretch of three seven holes they'll they aren't hitting the ball very well but then all of a sudden they'll turn it around like is that kind of what you mean like they're I mean, maybe not even within a competition. Yeah, yeah. Like, 100%. would you consider sometimes things slip, and would you attribute that mostly to the mental side? Absolutely. You know, like what you just said—that one, I guess, in golf, one hole can turn things around, and the momentum just shifts. The same as boy ride. Never, you hear you're, he's one ride away from, you know, ending this slump, and that's—it's funny how that works because a guy can have a buck off streak of five, you know, six, even ten bulls in a row, then all of a sudden he jumps out there, ninety points, wins or wins around, goes and wins an event, and then. Then he's, he's the hottest guy on tour for the next few weeks. It's, it's just crazy how that works. And, you know, and for me, I like to, my goal is, is, you know, find that balance and not be that high, low kind of guy, just trying to stay even keel, middle of the road, and just keep plugging along, showing up, you know. And, and, you know, that's what I, I try to do. You know, I don't get too high, I don't get too low, and just, you know, keep plugging away. And, and it's harder to do that at the level of the PBR because, like I said, the bulls are, it is challenging. And, it is, you know, sometimes you just get on that dry run and you you just have to know the difference when you are doing everything you can and things just aren't working out or, you know, it's time you need to address a problem and work on it and fix it. And, and that's, you know, on the each individual guy figuring out what that is for him and how he needs to do it because, you know, you can you know, bounce stuff off people and get advice, but at the end of the day, it's you're the one climbing on their back and you have to figure out that, you know, mental and physical balance of what you need to do to change it because it is such an individual sport. Mm -hmm. And so what, if you don't mind, would you mind sharing with us a little bit of your like pre-writing routine? I mean, do you hopefully you have a routine? Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's pretty consistent how I do things. Because you mentioned like just preparing to get on the yeah. Sorry to interrupt, but I mean, that's what I'm talking about. Like, is there some way you've found for you that works to like keep you, like you said, in the mm -hmm. zone and like ready to attack 
yeah you know at that moment versus like times when you've realized you've kind of slacked off a little bit like yeah. is there some kind of routine or like event to event like what i do yeah like leading in preparation yeah and, and event to event and even within like when you're about yeah. to get on the bull and it's funny you know different for like at the at the finals settings for instance where you're showing up you know five nights in a row you know to compete that's how our finals work There's I kind of get in that routine every night. I find myself doing the same thing. I show up at the same time. I go get a cup of coffee about an hour and a half, two hours before the event, and then I start getting ready. You know, I put my spurs on, tie my boots on the same time, get my rope hot, get it sticky with the rolls in the same time. So, yeah, you find that routine, that mental, that mental, uh, I guess, rhythm you get into. And then that varies from event to event, but, but not a lot, you know, the sign of the same timing wise, about an hour before an event, you know, I'll start putting the knee braces and, you know, everything, everything's about the same, whether I really am even thinking about it or not, I kind of am, you know, I have a habit of doing things the same way. And, you know, I think just that kind of where you flip that switch, getting in the zone and focusing in on what you're about to do, you know, and, and for me, that's what I've, you know, realized that's important for that, you know, you know, it's time to start focusing on, on the job at hand and uh, getting zoned in. Cause when you do it so much or as much as I've done it, I feel like it's easy. Like I said, to you get caught going through the motions being complacent. So you have to find that switch and no one flip it and, and get in the moment. Mm-hmm. And like you said, this is your job. Yeah. yeah. So you gotta be focused the whole time or you're not going to be successful or you're not going to make money. I mean, exactly, it yeah. depends on how you perform. Do you do anything like physically before, riding like to warm uh, up your body more so i guess i guess you call them dynamic warm it's just more like a lot of squats and lunges you know i don't do a lot of stretching right in that moment you know from what i've learned i guess before it's mainly just warming up the muscles waking up the body getting the blood flowing a little bit and i found that you know i feel a lot better doing that those kind of things and i am i didn't say include that but i am pretty consistent about what i do whether number of lunges number of squats i go off in my corner kind of space and do that for each event you know and and do that as well so and just kind of part of that you know triggering flipping that switch that time start you know getting zoned in have you ever gotten on a bull without doing that and there's time like rodeoing for instance you know you're running late or something like that and you you get there the event before the bull ride and you just have to hurry up change and and then jump on and and sometimes when you know from a mental side of it you don't have time to think about it you're just jumping on and then your body's reacting there's there's times where there's, you know, the benefits to that. <laughs> Not that you intend on it happening, but it works out too. So. Yeah. So have you had some pretty successful rides doing it both ways? Uh, yeah. You know, it's, it's worked both ways for me, you know, yeah. and, and there's, and there's times when, you know, you just have to do that. It's kind of step away from and take a deep breath and be like, quit thinking about it, quit trying to force it and you just let it flow, you know, and it, it's crazy. You just kind of go, got to find that balance, I guess, and, and know when it's time to do what. Have you ever um, been in like a, well, what's the worst streak you've gone on uh, without like, right? Uh, there's never been a streaks ride, like long extended buck off streaks. I might buck off three and then ride one and buck off a couple and just not really winning a lot, you know, and, and this year was one of those years for me, I'd say. This is my worst year as far as standings finishing. Like finishing the standings has been for the, in the PBR for me. I finished 16th this year. Um, first year I finished 14th. The year after I was third, then sixth. The year before, and then this last year I was 16th. So, and you know, just kind of battling the knee injury 
that I, I tore my ACL MCL a year ago and um, didn't have it fixed and just was riding with it. And I think, you know, it'd get to feeling really good and I'd kind of tweak it and aggravate it. And I think I'll let that bother me mentally more than anything, you know, just too focused on it or in the back of my mind worried about hurting it. And it translated in my riding, was being timid, hesitant, wasn't being near aggressive enough. And then even like when I would stay on, I was real hesitant getting off. Then I find myself in a bad way and end up underneath them, getting stomped on, taking unnecessary hits, you know, from letting that bother me. And, uh, and it kind of, and then here at the end of the year, though, like the last few months, it's really felt great. And I finally just, you know, I guess kind of got over that. And, and I finished the year strong, had a decent final. So finally got to a place where I've, you know, learned to deal with that. And, but it's, you know, it's caused me to, you know, slack in the standings, like I said, and didn't have quite the finish I wanted to have. But, you know, looking. You were pretty close, though. It, was, it went I mean, good, like yeah. A couple hundreds of a second. Yeah, yeah it was really close. <laughs> Coming around the whistle would have made a huge difference to get one more bull row at the finals. So, but, you know, that's bull riding. It's hard to swallow sometimes, but it's it's just I mean, seconds make a big difference. So. Yeah, or like parts of a second. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, um, so what's the, when that happens, how do you move on from that? Like, what, what have you found helps and works for you? You know, like I say, each guy's different, but for me, it's just. I've had a lot of big wins in my career. I've had a lot of big losses, and I think just experiencing both, that's how I manage them now. Like, I know from, I guess, experience is how I've learned to deal with them. It's hard, but you have to swallow it and just I you know, use this motivation just to keep to keep going. And as close as I was to getting to put myself in position to win the finals this year, you know, it's just I know I was that close and I was, could have easily done it, you know, so I'm just motivated to get back there and, start the new year in January and just, you know, pick up where I left off and keep it rolling all year this time. So. Mm -hmm. What's your best finals finish like in that final event? Mm, I don't even remember where I finished. I've been like last year I was winning the finals when I got off bad and tore my ACL. So I was sitting first and was sitting second going in the last day there and with the bum knee, you know, and I don't remember. It was like a top eight there, and I think I was top seven this year. So, I mean, if you did, it, I fell quickly, is what I mean. But I was set up to do really well, you know. So, top ten finishes is the best I've had at the finals, and the best year end finish was third in twenty eighteen. So, but it's a that was overall though. Like yeah, over year, year in. Yeah. So is there like a world champion like race. a points race? Yeah, so PBR is all points. It's off a point system, you know, whereas PRCA's money one is the points. Oh, okay. So PBR is all points. So weekend to weekend, you you know, you're getting your points. I think we have 32 regular season events. So, and that rolls over into the finals and you just have to finish up there. There's a lot more points up for grabs at the finals. So it really, you have to ride good there if you want to win anything. So. Okay. so each event has like a little bit different weight to it. Yeah. So, Two-day events have a certain amount of points. Then we have a few three-day events. And then we have, I think, three what they call majors where there's a significantly a significant amount, more amount of points available at those events and money. So um, usually you need to win a major if you plan on being in a world title race, typically from years past is what that has shown. So and Is it just like golf? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Not quite as much money, but, yeah, it is. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, actually, so you mentioned the money with it. What happened? I'm um, sorry, I keep talking about golf, but it's just uh, the more no, I've with you, the more I've realized, like, wow, this is actually kind of similar, yeah. like the way people go through it. Um, 
there was a big change around 1997 with golf and money when Tiger Woods came on scene. So do you feel like, um, like he totally changed that for everybody, not just mm-hmm. for himself, uh, became the, I mean, he's the best golfer in the world, but he, he brought more, way more money into golf mm-hmm. than ever was before. Is there anything like, have you seen that over the last 10 years? Like, is there, I know it's different bull riding. It's not as popular, not mm-hmm. as like mainstream, but is, is there some person or thing that's happened that's helped PBR? Um, or even the PRCA. Yeah, I know the, the PBR since in 2003, they started giving the million dollar bonus to the year to the world champion. And so since then it's been the same since then. So I guess we're due for a little mm. bumping it up eventually, but no, the money has gone up over so the why years. Did they do that in 2003? You know? Um, I think they had like, they're all like four trucks on, or I think that's who it was at the time, whatever to, you know, agree to the bonus. So the so sponsor. Just upped it sponsor. Cause so you know, we need an athlete though. To come in yeah, and just like I don't know the if there game. was one particular <laughs> athlete, but you know, TV ratings, I guess, is what's really up yeah. to sponsor dollars and all of the prize money. I mean, it's definitely went up, and it's by far the best opportunity for a bull rider is the PBR. But you know, the TV ratings help, and you know, sponsors sponsor dollars have gone up significantly over the years. I think because of that, you know, and and that opportunity, you know, even but even with that, it's all performance based and it's year to year, so. I'd show up every year if you want to continue to making that the extra sponsor dollars and we're not on big contracts or anything so if you don't show up and, and do your job you're not getting paid i mean the sponsor dollars help but you know, at the end of the year if you can have a great year you, you don't have really a, a good track record i guess you know to say they might just move on from you so you have to really keep showing up every year mm-hmm. so the, is there like an invite system or like a card system where you so I mean, when you Qualify. turn yeah, when you turn eighteen years old, you can go buy your PBR membership and start going to the minor league events. They like we have touring pro events and velocity. They call them, and the difference is different points available at those. So you just start with entering those, and that's what even I did. Even after being a PRSA world champion and, and all that, I when I bought my PBR membership. I started going to those events and got enough points. And when you crack the top thirty in world standings, you get to go on the unleash the beast tours what they call it and uh that's a televised events and you, you start going there and then there's a lot more points and money up available from there so so once you get on tour and you you have some success you're going to jump a lot it's easier to move up a lot faster so and then you just have to stay in the top 30 to stay on tour so, okay so yeah. it's a it's yeah it's, it's with weekend the weekend a weekend top 30 guys so and with and there's throughout the year there's injuries so you'll see them dipping down I mean, like into into the fortieth positions, even fifty. You know, depending on how many injuries there are, or whatever. So, so you you can still get that opportunity, even if you're not cracking the top thirty. So, if you're say you're fiftieth, you can get the call to go on tour, and you win that weekend, you're probably going to jump in the top ten, even. So, mm. that's how it works. How many are competing on tour every weekend? Uh, thirty to thirty-five guys on tour okay. every weekend. But then they have a ranking up to what, like with the minors included. Oh, like, I mean, you'll see. I think. 200 guys in the standings, okay. you know, or, or more than that. So, so every weekend when we have a, a big event, there's a velocity tour event or even a tour and pro as well going on somewhere else in the country. So, you know, if you have, if you're on that bubble, we call it where you're in, you know, 30 to the 35th place and you're kind of paying attention to what's going on in the velocity standings. Cause if one guy gets a big win there, they're probably going to be passing you and you're going to be going down there if you, if you get in that position. So, but it's all, you know, 
I mean, how much do you look at that? Are you more focused on yeah, I mean, doing for well me, in the event you're in? And I've started out cold the last two years. I wasn't necessarily riding bad. I just wasn't, you know, whether we draw and just ride to get the win. You know, I was riding, staying on a lot of bulls, but just wasn't – things weren't connecting. I found myself kind of at that bottom end because everyone starts at zero at the end of the year, and we're three or four events in, and I'm kind of down there. And guys, guys are winning velocity events, you know, and they're ahead of me, and it kind of – if you're not looking at it, someone's going to let you know. The announce, in-house announcer's going to let you know. TV, you know, it's just how sports are, I guess, you know, what's going on. But the main deal, all you can do is focus on your job because at the end of the day, if you do your job, stay on bulls, you're going to get the points and all. So that's all you can control. So leave it up to the judges. Okay. I want to ask you one question before we take a really quick break here, transition. You mentioned you drink coffee like one or two <laughs> yeah. hours before. Oh, yeah, before an event, yeah. You know, yeah. they have all the energy drinks. Monster's a big sponsor and all that, but I, I go with coffee. Yeah, so you can't see this right now, but Cody's drinking a cup of coffee right now. <laughs> yeah. What are you drinking? Don't lie. Yeah, I, Cody this is drinks. a vanilla latte at the moment. <laughs> you know, I can drink coffee black too. I can do that, but no, I, I change it up. Yeah, you I, get, I'm a big coffee so drinker. So before your, your ride, is it black coffee or is it? It's whatever I can find. You know? <laughs> There's usually a coffee pot somewhere in the building at the events. I try to track it down, so. You get some black coffee, maybe a little sugar in there. Yeah, I'll maybe change it up. Just, a little to, sugar. just to get your heart yeah. rate going a little bit. Yeah, that just, gets the blood flowing too. It's, habit, not, huh? it's not just the squats and lunges. It's yeah, coffee. Exactly. Just sweat. <laughs> Here's a quick note from our sponsor, College Station Physical Therapy and Performance. We help active people in the Brazos Valley recover from injury, return to their active lifestyle, and reach their highest level of performance. Check out our website at collegestationpt.com if you are ready to feel better, move better, and perform better. Now back to the show. All right. So one thing I also wanted to ask you was, um, what what are the how are the events scored? And yeah, what goes into the scoring? I know it has to yeah. do with your ride and also the bull. So yeah. So the scoring system for bull riding has been the same since it first started pretty much it's um you know so a perfect score would be 100 you know it, there's only been one in the history of board right and there's a lot of you know opinions that you know if that? a bull was who, who did that it's like it was at a rodeo in oregon and her name was wade leslie or you know it's wade leslie back oh i think like in the 80s or something but anyway the opinion on that is you know if a bull gets the perfect you know, half the scores for the bull half scores for the rider so it's one through 50 for the bull one through 50 for the rider and one through 50 for each, you know, a lot of people's opinion, if the bull's perfect, then no one's going to ride him, you know, so mm -hmm. it's impossible to get the 100-point score. But with that being said, like a really good score is 90. You know, it's kind of it's kind of a big deal, I guess you'd say. The benchmark is, you know, means the bull is 22 or better, and that's that's a really good bull score. It can be kind of confusing if you're not familiar with it. It's, it is hard to explain, but – you know, if you're 90 points, that's a really good score, and more than likely you'll you'll win the round or whatever particular event that is. You got in a few 90s. I have, yeah. I don't know how many off the top of my head, but the last few years I have been able to be 90 more than a few times, so it's awesome. been, been good. Yeah, you've gotten some wins, so yeah, you so score 90 to win. That's it, and that is true. You have to have those big big rides to win events in the PBR. It's just it's that tough so is it an accumulation of rides three yeah. rides or? so in a regular event on a weekend you know say a two-day event everyone gets on one bull the first day and everyone gets another bull in the second round the next day and then the top 15 
you combine both scores and the top 15 guys come back for a final round and then that score goes in you know adds up so you know best guy on three is what you you know kind of go off of to win events so so what's it actually like being on a bull like what does it feel like? <laughs> it's crazy it sounds it's pretty normal to me now it's almost second nature you know growing like when you're first starting out you're getting on your first bull or steer or whatever it's just it's a blur you know you're just you just get off and don't know what just happened you know you're just long for the ride but after getting on so many and doing it for so many years it's just kind of it's slowed down a lot you know and just all reaction and you know, I can be in the middle of a ride and just have like a weird thought, you know, like, oh boy, I almost, almost got my foot there. You know, just it's so as fast as things are happening, my body's reacting and moving so quickly in my head, you're having these slow, like quick thoughts, you know, it's, it's very strange. And, and that goes back to the mental part of it, you know, having that being comfortable and not thinking while you're riding, but then there's times when you are thinking and thoughts are coming in your head, but your body is just doing what it needs to do. You're not thinking about it, but you're having these crazy thoughts like you know oh like i know when one's about to go the other way you can feel it and anticipate those things and i'm telling myself he's about to do it he's about to do it and then he'll step ahead and change it up you know so it's a fine line of you know balancing that out and i think it just comes with experience you know over doing it so many times and just becomes normal so are you also feeling like with his momentum and then also where your pressure is like on your legs and stuff like that yeah, you know, there'll be times I'll get on a bull. I'll be on a bull, and he'll be going straight. But I can tell the way he's going and his, the way it's feeling like he's about to go left, like he's about to go, and you can kind of let him go and then use his momentum, kind of kick loose with your lower body and just let him pull you around. But you can you can anticipate those things. Sometimes it works, and sometimes it'll totally do something you don't expect and leave you, leave you sit in the dust. And that's why it's important just to ride off reaction and feel and not over-anticipate. Like I'll like I'll ask what a bull does if I don't know them, or I can watch you can watch videos on most bulls nowadays, find out what they do. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like you know what they'll do, but it's important not to set a trap and over anticipate it because they'll feel you kind of putting a little too much weight on one leg, and they'll change it up and and go the other way. Some will, some won't, but the main deal is you kind of ride jump for jump is what they say, and and not over anticipate it. So. So it's more of a reaction than an anticipation. That's usually the better way to go. All, yeah, you're better off riding on reaction and riding on feel, you know. And growing up, I got on would get on a lot of younger bulls, like two-year-old bulls that have never had a, a rider on them yet. They're kind of at that, I guess, teenager for bull age. They're just big enough where someone could get on them. And at the time when I was a teenager or a young kid, I was the right size. And you get on those bulls and you don't have a clue what they're going to do. And that's kind of where you learn to ride on reaction and – you don't, you know, just kind of ride what he does. And I guess that's where that kind of comes from. You kind of get a feel for that type of thing. So. Is it a combination of feel and your legs and your arm? I mean, yeah, mainly lower body. And you can just like feel what they're doing underneath you to know kind of what's coming most times. It's, uh, like I said, just doing it for so long, you know, I can watch a bull buck and know how I can know how he's going to feel underneath me by just watching him and, most of the time when I actually get on one for the first time, it feels just like I thought it would be just from how like their, their rhythm and timing. Some have a lot of timing. Some are real choppy with what they do. You just know, or I know how they're going to feel. And the only thing sometimes I misjudge is the strength of a bull. And, you know, that comes from forward motion and how they hit. And sometimes it pulls and tugs on you a little harder. And kind of, if I misjudge anything, it's that, but so, but it's, 
and that's part I enjoy. Like, you know, I get goosebumps thinking, you know, thinking about it. That's why I, I like it. You know, it's just, it's fun when you, you know, you kind of, you can look at a bull and go, I know how he's going to feel and you, you nail it. And he feels just like you thought, like it's, you know, that's, that's what I enjoy. That's my, it's my little thing in life that I really, you know, it's always, always want to do. And that's my hobby. So. Is that what keeps you coming back? Is like that yeah. feeling of like, Oh stuff, yeah. I, stuff I, like I that. that bull. Yeah. <laughs> you know, riding a challenging bull or what we call a rank bull bulls that don't get ridden very often or a bucking bull of your caliber type of bull riding those. There's not a rush like it, you know, because there's very few guys that have been able to do it or if, you know, in a year, if anybody in some in some years a bull can go unridden, and to be able to be that guy to do it, it's very rewarding and and uh, it's that challenge part of it. You know, that's what you know. That's what it all has to come back to in bull riding is that you know very all back to that challenge of you're trying to stay on bull for eight seconds. You know, that's what it all comes down to at the end of the day and and all the other stuff just kind of extra, you know, also maybe we'll make a living at it, but it's also, it all comes down to as long as you still enjoy that, you know, that's, that's the most important thing I think. So. Do you have any say at all in which bull you're getting on? No, zero say each weekend. It's a random draw. You know, they yeah. put the 30 bulls and 30 guys in the computer and it spits out who you're going to get on. And um, until the final round though, that top 15 short round, it's a draft. So you get to pick your bull depending on if you're coming in first in the event you get to pick what bull you'll get on and if you come in last you're gonna get on the bull no one else wants to get on and it's usually they're pretty tough to get by so but and there's a lot of strategy that plays in that as well you know if you're coming in first you want to kind of take it safe and be 88 points and risk the guys right behind you being 90 and beating you or you just gonna step out there and pick the ranked bull that that's hard to get by but you know if you ride them you're gonna win hands down so there's a lot of strategy that plays into that so so besides uh, just getting on a bull and like on a training bull and riding, um, based on like what you're l- trying to do on the bull with reaction and even some, there probably is some little anticipation there, but mm-hmm. um, how do you train like outside of riding a practice bull? Yeah. So other than that, doing the real thing of getting on a bull for me, I like to, um, I get on a horse bareback, you know, a live animal, that forward motion and kind of engaging those same muscles you'd use riding a bull. And I have a, stationary barrel and a barrel that kind of simulates an up and down motion and it's all to work those same muscles and creating that muscle memory i i think you know for that and engaging those and then just staying physically fit and in shape and i think you know being you know working out and being prepared physically is just a big part of the mental side of it too because you know you know you put in the work during the week and did what you had to do and and it doesn't work out you know you did everything you could you know to Mm -hmm. kind of keeps you going you know not to, no regrets kind of do I guess. So I, I love to love being prepared when I show up. I know I did everything I could during the week to, to put myself in a position to win. So. so what kind of strength training have you found most helpful? Um, you know, since since I've been working with you here at College Station Physical Therapy. Man, you've it's been, been a bull rider yeah. a lot longer than working with me. Though. I know, right. but just the few sessions we've been having here, I like, you know, just the agility stuff we've been doing, you know, hand-eye coordination with the tennis ball, shuffling, like that kind of stuff I really love doing, you know. You're, you're having to do that kind of stuff without thinking, just reacting, you know, and just that sort of thing and, uh, you know, strength training. So before lower bodies, like, I, I mean, I think what we're doing here is probably changing the concept a little bit. It is, yeah. And so, um, I, based on what you did before, like, what did you do before? I mean, was it mostly body weight stuff? Just all body weight, really. A lot of flex, you know, staying flexible. Um, 
I guess you'd call it dynamic moves, just like on the squats and lunges, kind of a lot lighter than what I've been doing here, you know. But, you know, just staying loose, mainly taking the wear and tear side. That's what I've always focused on, Not nothing too crazy. But uh, I think by incorporating more specific, you know, strength training is also going to make it, you know, just another thing to add, you know, mm-hmm. a new year or something new. And I'm, that's why I'm really excited about working with you and, and trying that stuff. So. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like it's almost a missing piece that you yeah. haven't had for yep. 10 years. I mean, you and probably a lot of other professional bull riders, yep. I don't know if you know of any others that are doing different things or yeah. trying different things to, like you said, get better. Like right. there's, there's probably another way, even besides just getting on a bull and riding it and figuring yeah. out something there that you can get better. Absolutely. Um, and yep. I think, I mean, as a physical athlete, it's, you know, most of what you do is physical, even, you know, actually mm-hmm. accomplishing it. I know the mental side comes in, but you have to do a lot of things physically prepare for that besides just riding the bull. So yeah. back to golf again, um, like with, with performance training for golf over the last 10 years, it's changed completely. And again, that was the last 20 years. That was because of Tiger Woods, but also even before that, there was a guy named Gary Player who like totally started changing the game as yeah. far as strength training. Um, but Tiger really took it to another level, and now you've got a whole bunch of guys on tour that are just yeah. huge, um, and or not even huge, but they're just they're strong yeah. and physically fit. And so um, it's no longer like get the weighted golf club and swing that club or simulate the motion every single time. So it's not like I mean, some of the stuff, it sounds like you've been doing it. You're just simulating the motion, yeah. the, the difference. And so you are strengthening those specific muscles. But I, what they found in golf performance, which I think would translate to something like bull riding, is that agility, that strength and power, like purely being able to move heavy weight from one place to another, whether it's straight up with a deadlift or up even over your head. We haven't gotten into mm-hmm. that, but like full body stuff going overhead with some kind of snatch or a clean and jerk. Mm-hmm. Like those things can contribute to like physically preparing you number one to perform better, but also, um, to reduce in yep. the injury risk. I don't know. I don't know yeah. if I'm reducing the risk. <laughs> yeah. You're getting on a big old thousand pound bull <laughs> or whatever, 2000 pound. How about that? Um, there is a huge risk there, but we're trying to lower that incidence yep. of injury, you know, and or, or the severity of the injury. Cause, um, You've been through a lot of that too. Yeah, you know that's for sure. Is what you said. You know that's the big. That's just a bigger part of it as anything is being able to show up every weekend and be competitive. You know, and by being in shape and feeling good, and being able to take the wear and tear. That's also you know a big, a big plus to be showing up because that you know as the year goes on, you see so many guys sitting out at home with injuries. You know, and bumps and bruises are just too sore to go or something like that. So to be able to show up every weekend and be competitive, you know, I found that's the biggest. That's a big part of the piece. You know big piece of the puzzle, I guess you'd say to, to having a successful year. And, you know, so yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. And, but like you said, injuries are part of it. Unfortunately it does happen, but it's just a matter of how fast you can bounce back and, and, you know, how quickly you can get back in the swing of things after them. So what's the worst injury you've had? Is it hard uh, to like say one? It's hard to say. I don't know. Probably the scariest, I guess, or most concerning. I mean, I didn't, you know, it's a ruptured intestine just because there's a lot of, unknowns you know internally when you're having issues you don't know what's going on and, and in those moments when it happens it's kind of like a, until you know that, that's the i guess the scariest part you know just you don't know what's going on and other times when i've broken a bone or something like i know my arms broke or my ankles broke like i've known instantly or my jaw like okay i broke my jaw for sure you know you know what's wrong but just the internal stuff that has been probably the worst for me so. what was the hardest to come back from 
hardest to come back from? Uh, or the most challenging? Hard to say. I mean, probably the intestinal, having the rupture, just coming back from that, you know, getting back on and knowing I'm okay, you know, like I felt good and everything and just getting back on a bull and knowing I'm not going to fall apart or something's going to be wrong, you know, and, you know, taking that first hard slam and I hit the ground hard and like I get up and okay, I'm okay, you know, getting over that, the come back, bounce back mentally and, and having confidence in my body again, that was pretty challenging. And so it happened early on in my career back in 2010. So, you know, that was a, probably the most challenging as far as that goes. But, you know, ever it sounds crazy, but, you know, learning how to bounce back from injuries is just from – I've had so many and surgeries and everything, and I've known – I know I've learned that, you know, I'm just focused on my comeback day and just from being able to come back and be successful from the, all of them, it's, you know, when another one happens, it's like I, I know the process, I know what I need to do, and I know I'm going to bounce back just from experience of mm-hmm. being injured. You know, it's crazy as it sounds. But. Yeah. What's the craziest thing that's ever happened to you on a bull? On a bull, you know, I've had been thrown off crazy ways, but probably the most, I guess, scariest part was hanging, hanging a spur in a flank rope or bull rope and getting drug around oh. because that's the most helpless feeling. You know, you get your hand hung in your rope, you know, okay, I have to get my feet. You can actually kind of try to help yourself or the bullfighters can help you get your hand out. But when your spur's hung, you're just kind of on your back getting drug around and hoping the bull doesn't turn back on top of you or something and it's all in the bullfighter's hands at that point to get they carry like a, a kind of like a hook that they can wrap around a rope you don't want to cut anyone but they can cut the rope so you're just mm. waiting on that and hoping that that's probably the, the scariest time because it's just completely out of your control at that point so has that happened a few times it's happened a few times yeah and one's resulted in a broken ankle and the other time i got stumped pretty good no serious no serious injuries but it was pretty sore but Stomped like under back, just under back. back. So you had ribs. Your vest on. I had my vest on, and that helped. But it was I was pretty sore up. But no, that's that's probably the worst case scenario to me is that happening. So. You already kind of mentioned this, but just kind of clarify: Have you ever been discouraged after an injury, or like I mean, you said it's kind of it was hard yeah. to get back on the bull after the a discouraged yeah discouraging year was twenty thirteen the year after I won the world PRCA world title I. Um, Came down on a bull's head in March at Rodeo Houston and shattered my elbow. Had 10 screws and 10 plates put in, or two plates put in it. And, um, you know, came back from that. Beginning of June, like second bullback, I get pulled down, met heads with one and broke my jaw both sides and put a plate and had a plate put in my chin. Like, so having, like, I just came back from the elbow and then that happened. It was kind of discouraging, but at the same time, this kind of motivated, you know, it's kind of, I'm not doing a setback. I didn't waste much time when I broke my jaw. Well, it was pretty – it might have seemed a little irresponsible or not real smart at the time, but I was tired of sitting at home and had my jaw wired shut, had it fixed, and then came back riding a couple weeks after. It made it work. Ended up finishing second in the year that year. But, no, it was – there was a time there when I was pretty discouraged, you know, just from, like I said, having to sit at home so much and, and something else happened. But, you know, but getting through that and being able to still – find success was just kind of that building block or learning curve. You know, a part of my career, I'll, you know, learn no matter what happens, you can can still bounce back and be successful, you know. So, so when I, you also, you weren't married at that time when that happened. No, I wasn't. That didn't help. No. Yeah. <laughs> it so, probably would, would have helped a little bit, have a little support at home. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And I, I don't know. I may have not have made 
not have been so careless with my decision to ride hurt and all that, but I don't know. But it was part of that time that, you know, led me to where I am today. I feel like just little experiences along the way. Has that changed your perspective on things? And married having them. Yeah. You know, having a little girl, girl too, especially, you know, thinking about that kind of stuff. And, you know, like I said, it is the way I make my living and provide for my family. So there's a lot of thought that goes into certain things like, you know, how I manage or where I'm going to go or, you know, it, it just little things I didn't think about before that I do now. So, mm-hmm. so what, what's next for you? What's your goal? What's your goal for um, maybe short term and then five years? Yeah, you know, short term, just, you know, every year, just trying to win a PBR world title. That's the main focus and goal. And, you know, and that's day to day. You have your, your year long goals and day to day things that you, you do to, to make yourself better to help achieve that, you know, and just, it's all, you know, it's, it's my full-time job. You know, I don't have anything else that I do right now or I'm even thinking about, honestly. You know, I've had moments where I try to think of other things to kind of get involved in, and I just find myself coming back. It's just hard to to be great at something else while being, you know, trying to be, I guess, technically a professional athlete, you know. So it's it has all my focus. But we are currently doing other things outside of board. I my wife and her parents, they've started, um, her mom mainly, has, they've started kind of getting into – European antiques and she has her online clothing store and currently they're working on opening the store in, in downtown Bryan called Sparrow Lane. So it's been keeping a lot of, you know, keeping us busy on our spare time. So hopefully they're opened up in the next couple of weeks. So, so that's kind of the other thing outside of bull riding we have going on that is, you know, been kind of keeping my focus here lately. So. Yeah. Well, what's the typical span, lifespan of like not lifespan? Sorry. <laughs> no, you know. um, the Helen's. Yeah, it's professional bull riding career. It's, uh, last it's a small window. You know, I'm 28 years old now, and kind of getting old in bull riding years. You but know. you've been riding 10 years professionally. Yeah. Yep. So, right. and it just comes with the wear and tear and, and the reaction time. You know, I guess that just catches up to you. But you know, 30 to 35 is usually kind of retiring age, I guess you'd say, but, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm realistic. I know whenever I feel like I'm not competitive or can't, I don't, or I don't feel like doing it, I won't do it anymore. But I feel like now in the past 10 years, you know, the, the way guys prepare has changed so much and it's shown the last five years or so. I mean, you see guys on in their mid thirties that are very competitive and riding really good. And I think that's a lot of just the, the way they prepare is so much different, you know, but, but, you know, it's, it's not like you're it's, a, it's something that's going to happen and come there, there come a time when you just can't do it so you know around that mid 30 age it's kind of about the end of the road so, mm-hmm. so your goals are kind of extending at least another three to five yeah years for sure that's at the most that's where i'm looking years. at yeah at the most but yeah it's well you never know though you never do i mean that's something year to year you're coming training with me you're gonna go forever. exactly i might be 40 <laughs> out there <laughs> no but it's a it's a year to year the best idea. No, I know having that risk every single year. I know forty. I know it. I hope I'm not. I hope I don't have to. So <laughs> yeah, there you go. Retire early from yeah. bull riding and then just or not early, but retire and then have something else to move yeah. on to. I mean, most professional job. athletes they move on to something else. Yeah, because uh, it can't be one forever. Yeah, and that's what I feel like. You know, when that time comes, I'll you know, redirect my focus to something and go be all in on something else. You know, so. I don't want to be one foot in, one foot out, you know, because that never seems to work in anything you do. So it's going to be all in on whatever, whatever that is. So, so right now, what is the day in the life of Cody Teal like? Right now, this is, you know, December is kind of my off season, I guess, time to prepare and, and get ready for the new year. So I'm just, whether I'm working out here with you or on an off day, just doing something at the house for an hour, 
you know, in the gym and then outside of that, spending a couple hours, like I said, on horseback or on a barrel, just doing that. And, uh, and other than that, just stuff around the house, just kind of catching up on things I've been putting off all year long after being so busy. So just kind of catching up on, on chores around the house at the time. You're also doing stuff to help recover, right? I mean, you're doing cryo. Oh yeah. I've been, you know, going to cryotonics there, hitting the cryotherapy up and I, you know, consistently doing that, you know, doing the recovery part as well. So it's, um, I've invested a lot more in my body the last last year, probably just you know, so I just you know, aside from bull riding, just to feel better, you know, I, I find myself you know, spend so much money on physical things and kind of you see people lacking on you know investing in themselves and their body and just feeling good day to day. I think that's that's very important and for me, you know, especially with what I do. But um, you know, I feel like feeling good day to day is been working hard at that you know just and i think that kind of translates and having a longer career and being able to decide whenever i'm when i want to quit riding bulls and not have my body telling me that it's time so yeah that's arguably the best investment you'll make every year no doubt in yep. yourself and what you do absolutely which and which affects both you and you know those that are close to you supporting yep. you so for sure it's so. gonna be a good investment um so what about uh i mean where oh i have a question for you so <laughs> This is the last thing I wanted to ask. With you've bull, you've been bull riding your whole life. Have you ever thought about um, if there's anything else like number two two part question? Like if there's anything else you could go professional at, what would it be? A sport, professional, or yeah. I haven't thought about. I mean, we've been talking a lot about golf. I've never <laughs> I've played golf as like just killing time, but you a know, good influence on hey, you. the money's there, and it's I <laughs> That's mean. True. Yeah, risk of like injuries down a little bit, I guess, you know, so I, it'd be hard to pull away from that, but you know, it's, it is, it is incredible. You see a lot of successful golfers. It seems like they've just been at it at such a young age. Um, and, 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 you know, it's, it's just a lifelong pursuit and, um, the dedication that a lot of those guys have, you know, it's, it's pretty, pretty incredible. You know, what little I've read about golf and stuff, it's, you know, I might, I wouldn't mind dabbling with that. So. So where can people find out about you? Like where can they find they follow you on Instagram or something? Yeah, you know, I'm on all the social media networks, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So it's uh you can follow with follow me there and you know, keep up with my daily life, the family and you know, on the road or at boy rides and events. I I try to keep people up to date there. So awesome. Well, this is awesome. Thanks for coming on to the show. I look forward to releasing this. You bet. Thanks for having me. All right. See you.